are now continuing on. Now, I want you to understand that we saw the transition of the, the church uh, when Paul got converted on the road to Damascus, and now all of a sudden he's now out traveling and going on this one this week. Last week was about the first missionary journey. This one is about the second missionary journey. Now, Paul has now been gone between Acts 15 and Acts 16. He's been gone about two years from these churches that he went around. And he says, hey, I want to go back and I want to visit them again. And I want to see how they're doing. So now we, we have some more time elapsed to where we, we're trying to understand in the life of our, our finite understanding of how our lives go. Isn't it nice when you see old friends? Isn't it nice when they walk up and you go, oh, I missed you so much, and you give them a big hug or you shake their hand, and you just feel it, it just brings back fond memories. Um, so when we see this happening here, Paul is going back to the churches that he visited before. So these are some acquaintances, some, um, some people that he didn't get along with. But you know, he decides he wants to go around to, this place, to these places. So this is around 50 to 51 AD. So we got to think now, what's the timeline of this whole gospel thing? We are now 20 years past Jesus dying. Paul's been through a lot. He's been out uh, doing things and learning and, and understanding and being back at his hometown and finally going out. And now he's, it's been 20 years. So just think about how much you learn in 20 years of your life and what you've been through and what you can do now that you didn't do back then. Aren't you glad you're no longer 20 years old to where you have some more understanding about life? Sometimes you wish you were 20 years old again, that you could still work all day and feel like it was an okay day and then just lay down and have a good night's rest and, and instead of waking up the next day and going, oh, I feel so bad. But it's good, to, it's good to work hard, but don't you sometimes wish you were 20. But with experience, I was talking to a guy yesterday, Curtis, who is a, a brother to Chris Newland. And um, Curtis and I was talking, and, I, and I, I was, as I was talking to him, his son was there who is now 12 years old. And um, I said, Curtis... And I looked at his son, I said, man, your dad just ripped it up on the basketball court. And Curtis is going, tell him more, tell him more. And he's just getting so excited because I'm saying, man, we, were, we did this one time where we rented a basketball gym and he was shooting half quarters and, and just boom, boom. And every, he was going, tell him more, tell him more. Trying to get it, he said, he said, I can't do that anymore. He said, it's been a while since I played basketball. But the thing is, in his mind, and we talked about this, in your mind, you're thinking, I can do that. I can still do the same thing that I used to do when I was 20 years old. And he says, I can't do it anymore. And um, we both agreed that you've got to, 
you grow on, you grow and you learn and you understand and you can explain and try to help others to learn. But um, Paul is now 20 years past this initial conversion that he had or since Christ died. Um, to start off, I'd like to share with you a story. I like to tell my stories. I think it gets us started off on the right kind of mental note. There was a monk, and this monk was allowed to say only two words every three years. Two words every three years. After the first three years, he went to Brother Superior, and he was allowed to say two words. And he looked at him, and he said, bad bed. Well, they went back, bad bed, bad bed. He went back, and three years later, he came back again, and he looked at Brother Superior, and he said, bad food. And after three more years of silence, he came out and he said to Brother Superior, no TV. When after another three years had passed, this time the monk appeared with robes and sandals and announced, I quit. <laughs> the Brother Superior answered him and said, it's no wonder all you've done since you've been here is complain." Sometimes we have to take a step back and realize that we have to think about the things that are happening. Are they really that bad in our life? Or are they op opportunities for us to grow and to learn more and to understand more about how we should be living and relying on God? Don't let things in your life cause you to come to ruin. Today's scripture is found in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. And we are going to read um, several verses. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you stand on the last four verses. I'm going to read the first 12 verses, 11, 10 verses and then the last four, I'll ask you to stand in, in, um, in respect for God's word. And I'm, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version. Then he came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren, who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, and they all knew that his father was Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and the elders at the church at Jerusalem. Remember, that was chapter 15. So he's now reiterating what he's already uh, learned from Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. Verse 6. 
Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And they had come to Mysia. They tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, including that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Verse 11, would you stand with me if you're able to, and we'll read the last four verses. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in the city for some days, and on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the woman who met there. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira, who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. Heavenly Father, please be with us. Help us to understand your word. Help us to impact our lives where we're at. Draw us close to you, each one of us individually, that we would be your servants because of what we have heard today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, I, I, we need, there's going to be a flow here that I'm going to try and get you to understand. And um, this flow is going to help in relationships because we all know that the relationships that we have are important for uh, not only uh, what our past was, but what we go through. Sometimes we have connections that we can make and that we... Uh, follow up with people that we feel comfortable with and then in the future there are um, there are opportunities that these people may have learned something and then they can take it to a different place that we can't go to or that we haven't been so I want you to I want you to think about these these three phrases these three points out of this scripture and we're going to start with verse 1 then he came to Derby and Lystra. Now, Josiah's going to be putting up a, a picture up here of uh, a map that's going to show the second missionary journey. Uh, we need to understand that as they, start, as they start going through the second journey, here's where they went. So this scripture is talking about this line right here. 
So you, you, you see some things that are common in the scriptures, just so you, Iconia, Lystra, Derby, uh, Antioch, Mysia, Bithynia, you remember that one? And um, then we have uh, Neapolis, Philippi, which is right at the end. If you remember, there's Troas that's also mentioned. So we see that as, as he goes through this location, that he's there for approximately two years, going through these different towns and, and reaching out to different people. I want you to understand that during our lifetime, we are going to meet different people. We are going to make an impact, maybe someone of one day. You meet them for one day, you have a connection, and then they're gone, and you don't see them again. There's other people that are around your life for, for a couple weeks, and then all of a sudden they're gone, and you, you've made a connection, you've made an impact, and then you don't hear from them ever again. There's other people that are in your lives for years, and then something happens to where they move away or they get another job or something, and uh, then you don't hear from them again. And uh, so we all have relationships like this. And I want you to think about this first phrase. Um, this is um, phrased, time can heal relationships. Time can heal relationships. Now, I want you to think about what we've read through the scriptures here in, in Acts chapter 16. Paul now has been out with other people to do this first missionary journey. This is the second missionary journey. What is he doing now to expand that journey? Paul is um, Paul's a teacher. Paul is one who, who gives out information and gets other people involved. Aren't you thankful for people to get other people involved? And then, then you say, well, why did they ask me? Don't know why they asked you, but they did, and we should do the best that we can for whatever task it is that we're being involved with. So he says, um, I'm going to get you, and when we hear these names today, I want you to think about the impact that Paul is making on these people in a short amount of time. The first name that we see is Timothy. Now, Timothy became a preacher in the New Testament, and he was a, uh, he was a, a student of the Word, and Paul saw something in him, and he invited him along. Aren't you thankful for young people that are wanting to be involved? And aren't you thankful that they want to make a difference in the world? And you think, I don't understand what they're doing, but I know they're, doing, they're, they're working hard and they're doing a good job. Um, I'm so thankful for Josiah singing. His, he's got a beautiful voice and he just loves to serve the Lord. Now, not everybody can sing like Josiah, so don't be embarrassed and don't think, I'm never going to sing because Josiah sings and Josiah sings just awesome. And um, if it were that case, then I would never sing again because I just think he's got a great voice. But it's it, not, nothing about Josiah. It's about us taking what God has given to us and using them for him, his glory. Um, 
I have, I have friends that are electricians. I have friends that are welders. And I am so thankful for the skills that they have that they have been able to help me out and do things that I go, wow, that's just amazing. Just to see that it can get done and get done so beautifully. Timothy is this young man who is now uh, going to be going out with, with, um, with Paul. And we, we notice that there's a difference here of uh, when Timothy joins Paul and Silas and continues to do their work, notice that there's uh, an issue that comes up with circumcision. I think probably most of you know what circumcision is. And it was a, it was a thing that was Jews did not get circumcised until later on. And uh, it was a big issue for, uh, for Timothy being raised by a Jewish mother. His father was a Greek. And so he knew that if we are going to go out to Greeks and Romans that because there's bathhouses and all that kind of stuff, people are going to notice whether you are circumcised or not, and that's why it was such a big deal. And so he says, Timothy, I think we ought to get you circumcised, not because chapter 15 said you don't have to be circumcised to follow Christ, but he said, I think we need to do this because this is who we're going to minister to and I don't want you to be a stumbling block to them. Sometimes our issues make us stumbling blocks because we think everybody ought to be the same way that we are. God help us to not be stumbling blocks to what Christ wants to do in our lives and in the lives of others. So they go... Timothy goes with them, and uh, Paul, I want you to understand, Paul was not trying to convert him because of the circumcision. He was only doing this, he even told them, you don't have to be circumcised. In Galatians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, you don't have to be circumcised. The love of God is for all people, but there are cultural differences that make it um, rough for relationships if we are a certain way. By Jewish law, Timothy was a Jew because he was the son of a Jewish mother. And because he was uncircumcised, he was technically called an apostate Jew because he wasn't fully Jewish because people knew that he had a Greek father. Sometimes we, we get these things that we have done or that we've been involved in, and God wants to use those things to help us to reach out to other people that have been through the same situation that we've been in. Time can heal relationships. What do you do when you, you want... Um, when you want to go out and you want to do something that's important and you feel like you can't do it on your own, you find somebody else who believes with you and you agree with them as to here's what we're going to do 
and you support one another and you encourage one another and you share your difficulties this is called accountability so if you don't have somebody that's accountable in your life we live in our own world sometimes sometimes we need to be held accountable for what we do and what we say i'm thankful for people that have had the boldness to say tom you shouldn't have said that that way you shouldn't have been that way paul was a leader paul was probably instructing timothy next time we do this don't say this or do say this because of this reason and so he was trying to help him to train so the the healing process that paul is giving to timothy is going to be one that's going to help him through his ministry so the first thing i want you to understand is just because you've had issues with somebody in the past doesn't mean that when we grow up and we get older all of a sudden those things don't seem so important that they can be dropped and we can say you know i acted like a child and let's be let's let's just be honest with ourselves i said i said the thing that i didn't i don't believe that i don't know why i said i was just trying to make an argument and um just let it go and say i want to be a, a friend to you i want to grow with you number two sometimes god closes a door and opens another door sometimes god closes a door and opens another door i find it strange i find it strange that in the scripture says in verse 6 they were forbidden by the holy spirit to preach the word in asia why would the holy spirit not want the word to be preached in asia why wouldn't he want me to share the gospel why wouldn't he want me to make sure that the gospel is going out why would he forbid me from saying something why i don't understand it we know that the holy spirit if he forbids have you ever felt like you shouldn't be doing this you shouldn't be saying this you shouldn't bring it up right now you should just let it go sometimes we think of as good is not going to be good in the long run and that's why it's so important that we have a relationship with listening to what god is telling us to do in our spiritual walk how am i going to how am i supposed to live how am i supposed to respond to the people that are in that are that, that i'm ministering to but it says here it was forbidden by the holy spirit they tried to go to Bithynia. This is the third time they tried to go to Bithynia. And the Holy Spirit said no. Paul didn't set out when he started this missionary journey. He wasn't planning on going to Troas, but he was planning on going up to Mysia and Bithynia. Bithynia. Those upper, upper areas, new, new spots. And the spirit said no i want you to go back here to this place 
Aren't you thankful when you get clear direction that you're not supposed to do something? Do you ever get that inkling that I'm driving this way, but I'm going to go a different way this time? And then you find out there was a major wreck or something, and you feel like God was watching out for you, and God was allowing you to, to be distracted. Or maybe you're, you're late. <laughs> I, I like to be on time. I really do. I like to start things on time. I like to finish things on time. When I say we're going to be done, we're going to be done, and all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what, there's been some times that I've gone someplace and I've had to wait on somebody to get, because they weren't on, an on-time focused person like I am. And uh, all of a sudden I found out, you know, if I had started on time, I would have got stuck in this track traffic or I would have got delayed by this. So I'm thankful sometimes that God allows things to be constructed to help flow us the way that we should go. But you see here, God closed the door. Aren't you thankful for closed doors? Sometimes the things that we think are the most important, they would be the most damaged. I think about people that have gotten married on the spur of the moment, and they think, man, this will be a great idea. And then days later or weeks later or years later, they look and go, this was an awful mistake. Why did I jump into it? Hey, I'll just have it. We'll just have a child together, which compounds it even more. So there's many things that happen that draw us to where we, we if we think about it and we pray about it, we should be saying, no, I'm not going to do this. I just don't feel right about it. I wish I reacted I wish I reacted to negative not doing something more than I have. There's been sometimes I've made poor decisions. I know that's hard for you to believe, but I have and uh, I know that you probably haven't, but I have and it's frustrating to me when I look back and I go, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. That's why it's so important for us to pray, God, give me direction. Help me to do what you want me to do. Help me to follow the way that you want me to do. So God closes the door. We now go to verse 9 and 10. He gets this vision to where he's supposed to go to Macedonia. Now, he's probably thinking back then, God, why didn't you want me to go to Mysia? Why didn't you want me to go to Bithynia? The vision comes. Go to Macedonia. This is actually called the Macedonian call. And this is where Paul, dis Paul starts to understand that, yeah, he wasn't allowed to go to these other places because God had a better plan in mind aren't you thankful for better plans that we don't know about aren't you thankful for when we look back we go man that could have been so bad if I had done that and I am just so thankful that God gave me instruction or God gave me wisdom 
to say, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to say thankful for my wife because she helps give me good direction. It's good to have somebody that's by you that says, no, this is what you should be doing. So this vision comes. Sometimes we don't know why. Sometimes we want to, we, we just, we're, we're wondering, how did this all come about? And we just have to stop and say, what am I supposed to do? Now, I'm going to give you a couple examples real quick. Um, many of you know I worked at Honda, and um, I was, uh, I worked in uh, new model development for 19 years. And as I was in new model development, I got to organize and plan events and that kind of stuff. And um, when um, there was, there were several times that I'd be working in the office and um, somebody from production would come from the production line. They would come and we would talk about things. And, and I remember, I remember as I was uh, in my office one day, a guy came in and he started talking about some things. And I said, are you okay? And he said, I'm just really upset. And I said, why are you upset? He said, my, my son, um, there's a possibility he's going he's gonna to lose his son in a custody battle. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's pretty heavy stuff that somebody's going through. And um, I said to him, I said, what? He said, I, I want to I help out by saying, come live with us and all this kind of stuff. And I said, you know, there's sometimes that we have to let people do their own thing and then we, but we can support them, but we don't want to take over. And he said, he said, I, I agree with you. And then he started to break down. And I, and I, and I'm, I'm looking around. And I'm thinking, work. Um, do I, do I take an op, take a chance that I do something, and he's going to take offense to. And. If he takes offense, then he could go to my boss and say, this is what he did, and it wasn't appropriate. Does that make sense? And so I just looked at him, and I said, do you mind if I have a prayer with you? And he said, I would love a prayer. I closed the door, because I didn't want anybody else to be there, and I just put my hand on his shoulder, and I prayed for his family, and for his grandson and that whole situation. And this is, this is a guy that doesn't go to church, doesn't have any relationship with the church people, but I was a contact person that I could make an influence on just a very short. Please, it's not about me. It was about me wanting to follow what I was guided to do by the Holy Spirit. And I prayed with him, and he looked up at me and said, thank you so much. And um, just to let you know, um, his grandson now is uh, late 20s, <laughs> so it's been a while, but um, they're doing fine. And um, 
as a matter of fact, he just passed away, this guy. And, um, but I, I still remember that one special day that we got to have a connection because I wanted to share Jesus and what Jesus could do in, in, in the life of a person. I have another, another one where um, a, um, a man's daughter had cancer and he was also at Honda and I did the same thing and asked him if he wanted to pray. His wife went to church, but he didn't. And he said, I don't know what to believe. He said, I have got down on my knees and I begged, dear God, please take this away from her. And so far he hasn't. I don't, I don't know what to do. I said, you can't, you can't allow the things of this world to make you not believe that God's in control and there's some bigger reason. Just to let you know, the little girl passed away. She died of cancer, um, but I still remember being in the office and praying with this, this man about his personal difficulties in trying to find God. He talked to me after that about his relationship with God, how it had grown. Did I have a little part? I don't know. All I know is that God is orchestrating bigger things than we know that are happening out there that he wants us to be involved in. And he wants us to have maybe just a little part. Maybe that one day we're going to say something that's going to make an impact. Maybe that two weeks that we see somebody and we have a connection with them and we, tell, we say something to them, we try to encourage them. Maybe they're going to look back in that 20 years from now and say, I am so thankful that God opened up the door for you to say something and that we met because there was a changing point in my life when that happened. God help us to realize that God's closing some doors because there's better doors out there. Aren't you thankful for better doors? Aren't you thankful for more open doors to where you know that this is where God wants you to be? So they had this Macedonian call. Paul didn't hesitate to say, this is where I should go. He went and he followed through and he said, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. Now you may say, I don't understand this. Why, why am I supposed to go to Troas? What's in Troas? Timothy is with them. Silas is with them. And so Paul hooks up with these other people that he picks up a doctor by the name of Luke. Luke wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts. So now we see this story expanding. Paul didn't write the book of Acts. Luke wrote the book of Acts. Aren't you thankful the people that we come in contact will with the, take it to a bigger level than what we would ever do? There's people that are, that are going to make things bigger than what we ever thought we could do. And so God wanted Paul to not go to these other places because he was training Timothy and he was going to go pick up this Dr. Luke. And Luke 
being a physician, knew a lot of things. Now, if you remember anything else in the scriptures, you find that um, Paul had an infirmity. Don't know what it is. But now he had a personal doctor that was with him, that he could do things with. Paul had no idea about the greatness of what God was going to expand and what he was going to do. God wanted him to just lean on Jesus for the answers in his life. We need to lean on Jesus. Third thing, results come to the faithful. Results come to the faithful. So they sailed uh, from Troas and they went to Philippi. Philippi was a big place. Philippi was where the armies of Mark Anthony and Octavian defeated Brutus and Cassius in the decisive battle for the Second Roman Civil War in 42 BC. This was a happening place. People in this area, Roman soldiers, guess what they did? There was many of them that were involved in this skirmish and this, what was going on, they retired there. Because that's, that's where they were involved in, and all that kind of stuff. And so we see that there's going to be many people that are going to be um, Roman. They already know about Jesus. They already know that he died on the cross because he was in Jerusalem, which was Roman-occupied territory. And all of a sudden, we see this conversion of Luke being, being brought up by Paul. Paul's going to expand it even more. And we see that now Paul is trying to make a difference in other people's lives because of just being, being willing to say, um, I want to do this little bit. The last several verses here, in closing, are verses 13 through 15. This is called the conversion of Lydia. The conversion of Lydia, I want you to understand that this is a hearsay gospel. Notice that there was a woman that he was talking to, and Lydia overheard it. Aren't you thankful when people overhear our little conversations and they become involved in our little conversations? And we say, well, I didn't know you was listening, and they just jump in and they want to they ask questions and they want to know more. Results come to the faithful. Paul has been faithful this whole time in going through to different towns, not going where he's not supposed to go, going through the open doors that he's supposed to go to, and then getting to the place to where Luke is now with them and Timothy. And all of a sudden we see them go to this prayer place. It was a Sabbath day, and they go down there to just do prayers. If there had been ten Jewish men they would have constituted a synagogue. No number of women would there would constitute anything 
if there was an absence of one man. Had to be ten men. Lydia, who was there, she sold purple. Purple was a very expensive dye, and not everybody could do it. But Lydia was well-versed in it. Where did she come from? Wait a minute. Thyatira. I remember that someplace else. Oh, yeah, the seven churches in Revelation, where it says that Thyatira was a great place to be and that it was loved by God. I wonder if Lydia went back and shared the gospel because of what she learned from Paul in Philippi. The scriptures tell us that God is orchestrating things that we don't understand. They're in the background. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says we see through a glass darkly. We don't understand it. We want to be clear, but we don't see what's going on. And we're going to get up to heaven, and we're going to go, thank you, God. Thank you for what you allowed not to happen. Thank you, God, for the things that you orchestrated my life through. And as I trusted in you and got deeper in your word, that, Lord, you were follow I was following your path, not my own path. God, help us to be people that are going to be stepping out and saying, I want to follow God. I don't want to follow myself anymore. The work, John chapter 6, verse 44. This is a work God must do to all who believe. Because Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father draws him. God is drawing us, each one of us, to be the people that he wants us to be, not what somebody else wants us to be. That's why it's so important that you look to God for your guidance and not to other people. In closing, I just have a story I want to share with you. Pastor Norm Johnson tells the story of Bill, who was gravely ill in the hospital. Norm was visiting him when a doctor came in and point blank looked at Bill and said, Bill, you're dead. There's no hope. You better get your things in order. Just that bluntly, no hope, no comfort, no how you're doing. After answering a few questions, the doctor left. Norm and Bill were just there in silence. Norm didn't know what to say. Bill was just flabbergasted. They just heard these devastating words. Then Norm turned to Bill and said, don't you think that now's a good time to turn your life over to Christ? And in the hospital room, Bill gave his life to Christ. The next day, Bill went to another hospital. A new doctor came in and said, Bill, we're not going to give up hope yet. We're going to try a different medicine, different therapy, 
and we're going to see what, what can happen. And from that moment on, Bill began to get better. He turned it all over to God, and God healed him. Then he said, when you have nothing left but God, then for the first time, you realize that God is enough for every situation that you're going through. I know each of us have situations. We can't, we can't understand each other's situation, but we know that God can, and that God can draw us close to him.